G'day. Welcome to God's Word Today's World, applying scripture to modern life. My name is Dan Van Werkhoven. I'm an Aussie writer and pastor living with my wife on a tiny island called Saipan. Join me today as I dig into scripture and explore how God's Word can still be applied to our lives thousands of years later. Hey, you're listening to episode 18 of the God's Word Today's World podcast. In today's episode, we're looking at how incredible God is. It's easy to forget that if we've put our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that means the creator of the universe, God, is our Father in heaven. Just let that sink in a moment. God is our Father. We can talk to the God who created the entire universe. Every breath we take, we take because God allows us to and breathes life into our lungs. How insane is that? And yet we read the miracles in his word, the Bible, and just like, heard that before, nothing super interesting. It's like we've forgotten how powerful our father is. So let's change that. Let's remember who our God is. If you want access to the show notes and the full transcript, you can find those over at www.godswordtodaysworld.com forward slash listen and look for episode 18 on the list. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. But without further ado, let's dig in. Last week in episode 17 of the God's Word Today's World podcast, we looked at how Paul, after his conversion, went out and preached the gospel as given to him by Jesus Christ. It was exactly the same gospel that Jesus gave his disciples. Paul lived his life like he believed God was real. And I challenged us, do we live like God is real? Do the decisions we make reflect that? Does the way we treat others reflect that? It's so easy that instead of asking ourselves if our decisions will please God, instead we say, I don't think it'll necessarily necessarily displease God. It's a subtle shift, but it has a huge impact. Because instead of focusing on doing everything we can to please God, we're instead trying to fit God into what we want to do. But if we know God's power, if we've seen it in our lives, let's live like we know that power. Today we're continuing that theme as we look at an absolutely amazing passage from the Holy Spirit about the Holy Spirit's power. Our passage today is Acts chapter 9, verse 32 to 43 in the World English Bible. As Peter went throughout all those parts, he came down also to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a certain man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden for eight years because he was paralyzed. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. Immediately he arose. All who lived in Lydda and in Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, 
which when translated means Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and acts of mercy which she did. In those days she became sick and died. When they washed her, they laid her in an upper room. When Lida was near Joppa, sorry, as Lida was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to meet him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Peter got up and went with them. When he had come, they brought him into the upper room. All the widows stood by him weeping and showing the tunics and other garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and raised her up. Calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. This became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. He stayed many days in Joppa with a tanner named Simon. So the early church is experiencing a time of peace. After the insanity of the persecution at the beginning, finally there is some peace. One of the driving forces behind that persecution, Saul, has instead become one of the driving forces behind the gospel. Saul's teacher, Gamaliel, said that if the Pharisees fought against the disciples and it turned out the disciples were from God, then they'd lose because they were fighting against God himself. Saul, however, wasn't as wise as his teacher and set out and started fighting against the disciples. And, surprise, he lost. Jesus struck him blind and confronted him with the truth that he had been persecuting not just people, but the very God he claimed to follow. But now Saul has seen the truth, literally, and is preaching the good news of Jesus. And Peter, in that time of peace, is traveling the country and ministering to people. The Holy Spirit gave Peter an incredible gift, the gift of healing, that gift he used as he visited a paralyzed man, Aeneas. After eight years as a bedridden cripple, Peter visits and tells him to arise. Through the Holy Spirit's power, he does exactly that. The question that comes to my mind as I read this story is, do we care? Do we care that a man who for eight years had been paralyzed, but now he's standing and walking? Do we get excited by that? Or as I read this passage just now, did we get distracted and zone out for a moment? Did we yawn and think about having another cup of coffee or how much else we have to do today? Did we think nothing of the fact that we just heard the true story of a paralyzed man being healed? And that was the boring part of the story. Because in the next verses, the Holy Spirit through Peter raised a woman from the dead. She was dead, kicked the bucket, chilling with Jesus. They weren't in a room with an alive woman. They were in a room with, putting it bluntly, a corpse. Take a moment to think about that. Try and imagine that happening today. I'm going to read the passage again in a moment, and this time I want us to really, really dwell on the words, on just what Luke is telling us, on what God is doing here. And remember, 
This is the same God we follow today. We have the same Holy Spirit in us, okay? The Holy Spirit hasn't lost its power over the centuries. I've heard stories from people I trust that miraculous healings and people being raised from the dead still happen today. I've had friends who overnight have broken bones completely re-knit And when x-rayed the next day, the doctor said, well, the old break healed really well, but there's no sign of a new break. And I can tell you with certainty that his arm was definitely broken the previous day, and he had never broken his arm before. His mother was a nurse who kept track of her children's health. I've had friends who have cracked skulls heal in days, an injury which should have taken months to heal. What happened here in Acts still happens. It happens because the God we follow is still just as powerful today as he was then. It happens because we can go to the creator of the universe with our prayers. It happens because we have the Holy Spirit, a part of God, dwelling in us. Remember that as we reread this passage. In Acts 9, 32-43. As Peter went throughout all those parts, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a certain man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden for eight years because he was paralyzed. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. Immediately he arose. All who lived in Lydda and in Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which when translated means Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and acts of mercy which she did. In those days she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. As Lydda was near Joppa, The disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Peter got up and went with them. When he had come, they brought him into the upper room. All the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the tunics and other garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and raised her up. Calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. This became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. He stayed with, he stayed many days in Joppa with a, with a tanner named Simon. How amazing is that? This wonderful woman of God, Tabitha, is raised from the dead. Our old sister in Christ was raised from the dead. How many of us, though, really believe that could happen today? How many of us believe we might one day witness something like that? I asked us last week to consider God's power. I asked us to live like his power was real. And perhaps we say we do live like his power is real, 
But then we read passages like this today, passages that display his power, and we don't feel anything. I'm ashamed to say that I don't often get excited reading about God's power. I watch movies and read fiction that has me at times wanting to stand up in cheers. I read stories and watch movies that at times have me in tears. And yet I read the Bible and what do I feel? Often not much. Often it's just words on a page. I read I read today's passage half a dozen times as I was preparing this. And the first time I read it, nothing. I just turned the page and continued reading. Reading is like, okay, cool. Couple of people healed, someone raised from the dead, cool. But that breaks my heart because I know it's not just me. And somehow, somewhere along the way, we've lost our reverence. We've lost our awe of God's power. We've lost our fear of God. How many of us worry about disobeying God because we respect his power and authority so much that we fear him? Fear him in the same way that we might fear being on a raging ocean, not because we hate it, but because his power is so far beyond us. And we know in a moment's notice we could be killed. Or being in the middle of a typhoon or a hurricane, a storm, we fear its power because we know that it can destroy with ease but we don't necessarily hate it. It's not evil. It's just insanely powerful. God's power is so far beyond the ocean, beyond a super typhoon. And not only does he have the power over life and death, but he has the power to condemn our eternal souls to damnation. Do we consider that and get goosebumps because that amount of power is just so far beyond our understanding? I doubt it. Most of us probably barely even give it a second thought. Where is our fear and reverence of the God who created the universe? What happened to it? Why don't we care? Why do we read stories like today and think nothing more of them? Most of us will probably finish listening to this episode, and by the end of the day have forgotten what was even talked about. I know a week after I preach many sermons, I struggle to remember what I talked about the week before. Oftentimes the only, time, the only reason I remember is because I do a recap of the previous week, like I do in this podcast. In a few weeks, I'll probably have forgotten together unless I get specific reminders. But I don't want to. I want to be so in awe of God that I tremble when I consider his power, when I consider the fact that I can take my prayers to him and he listens. Every word I say to him, he hears. The God who created the universe, the entire universe, he hears us when we speak to him. He loves us. Does that excite you? How many of us would get nervous if we had to had a chance to talk to the leader of our country? Most of us would get a little nervous about meeting such powerful people. And yet, we come before God and rattle off prayers without giving a second thought to who we're talking to. The creator of the universe. 
the God who right now is sustaining us and giving us breath in our lungs, right now, that breath, that was from Him. And the most mind-blowing part, when we put our faith in His Son, Jesus, God adopts us into His family and we become His children. We can go before the Creator of the universe and call Him Father. I challenged us last week to live like we know his power. But do we live like we know who our father is? If our dad was a famous celebrity, we'd be the coolest kids in school. Wait, your dad played Captain America? That is so cool. Can I meet him? Can I get his autograph? But our dad, he's just God. No biggie. He just created the entire universe from scratch in six days. To say it like that sounds ridiculous. And yet, that's how we so often live. That's how we so often act. Where is our pride in the wonders our Father has done? Why aren't we bragging about all the cool things Dad has done for us? Starting with giving us life. In the hustle and bustle of life, we so quickly forget who our Father is. We so quickly forget that Jesus defeated death. Defeated death. How do you even do that? Everyone dies. That's just the way it goes. But Jesus defeated death. And so while, yes, we all die, but at the resurrection we'll have life, eternal life. Today we looked at a paralyzed man walking and a woman being raised from the dead. But at the resurrection, something far greater happens. We'll come before God, and I promise you, there won't be a single knee not trembling that day. Every single one of us will probably be terrified out of our minds. But if we've put our faith in Jesus Christ the Son of God who left heaven to come to earth and die on the cross, paying the price for our sins, and three days later was raised from the dead and defeated death? If our faith is in Jesus, we can have peace because we're not looking at the God we rejected in life. We're looking at our Father. Just think about that. Let that sink in. If we put our faith in Jesus, God is our Father. What I want to challenge us to do this week is when we sit down and read the Bible, let what we read really sink in. Spend time pondering it. Let ourselves be amazed by the wonders God does. Don't just read the passage and close your Bible and move on with life. Reread it. Read it again. Ask God to make it real to you. Because everything we read in his word happened. And events like we read about today in Acts 9, they still happen today. Just because we don't get news coverage on them doesn't mean they don't exist. Jesus refused to do miracles for the Pharisees because when he did, they just plotted to kill him or claimed he was the devil. Jesus did miracles for those who would recognize the power of God when they saw it. And I believe the same is true today. The Holy Spirit does miracles in the lives of those it will impact. 
not to a sceptical world that will call his work a hoax. So instead of being cynical, sceptical believers who don't bat an eyelid when we read stories of God's power, let's be believers so in awe of God that we tremble when we contemplate going before God in prayer. Let's be believers whose hearts race when we pick up the Bible, his word, and begin to read. Let's be believers so in awe of who we get to call Father that we can't help but get excited when we get the privilege of telling others about him. Thank you for joining me today on God's Word Today's World. If you'd like to view the show notes or leave a comment, you can find the complete list of all podcast episodes over at www.godswordtodaysworld.com forward slash listen. Hope to see you next week. Now go apply God's Word to your life.